Has there ever been a time in your life that you thought, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can go on like this. I want to say first a huge thank you to Westmead Baptist Church for your support of First Priority, not just financially, but you put skin in the game. And I love churches that give financially to our ministry. But what I love more than that is churches that also put skin in the game. You don't just talk about missions, and you don't just throw money at missions, but you do missions. And there's a huge difference. So I, I want to say on behalf of our ministry, thank you for the investment. Again, not just financially, but physically as well. You know, people look at our ministry many times. We've celebrated, celebrated some huge, huge uh, victories over the last few weeks even. Uh, just two weeks ago, last, actually last week, uh, we went over our 4,500 student who said yes to the Lord Jesus Christ on the public school campus in Just Morgan in Lawrence County. That's possible because of people like you that give missions. I want you to understand that. You had a part in that. But if we're not careful, a lot of times people look at our ministry and think, man, how fun is that? How cool is that? You get to go on a campus every single day with elementary, middle, and high school students and just take the Word of God and share the Word of God with them and encourage them. And look, that's awesome stuff. By the way, Lord only knows how long we'll be able to do that. So the time is urgent for us. People say, man, why are you so passionate about what you do? (laughs) Look at our country. How many things have happened over the last few years that you and I would have said, man, that'll never happen in America. And here we are. So we have to strike while the iron's hot. We have to be engaged while we have the opportunity and that the door is open. But we've had some heaviness as well. Just in the last two weeks, we've had two young ladies that have passed away. One six years old, one eight year old. We'll actually have a funeral for one this afternoon. And I've tried to think as, as I was preparing for this message, man, the anguish and the hurt and the things that are going on in the lives of that family. David didn't have any idea what I was preaching on this morning, but all of the music, the Holy Spirit just kind of guided. You see, if we're not careful, sometimes we'll lose sight of who God is. Sometimes we'll lose sight of all the things that God has done because we are so focused on the heaviness of what's going on in our lives and and all of the things that seem to overshadow. And sometimes we just become so burdened with the load that we're trying to carry that we lose sight of who he is. I had a pastor friend one time tell me not too long ago, great friend of mine, still a great friend of mine, we just didn't see eye to eye on this statement, But he said, man, it is impossible for a child of God to be discouraged and to go through trials if they're living for the Lord. (laughs) I had to question my salvation for a minute. Because I thought, man, I'd love to live in your world, but that's not the world in which I live. See, Pastor Justin last week preached about mountaintops. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to be. All of us pray for that in our lives. But we would be remiss if we didn't say, hey, I know that there are a lot of people in this room today that are at the end of your rope. You've said, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can go on anymore. 
If I don't know that you're in my life and I don't know that you're doing something in my life, God, I don't know if I can take it anymore. So that's where I want to preach today. I want to be an encouragement to you. If that's the case for you, well, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we respond? Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. I'm going to lay some groundwork for us while you're turning there. In Exodus 34, there's a story about a man named Moses. Now, everybody knows who Moses is. You've probably seen some of his movies. (laughs) Moses was given the job of leading the nation of Israel out of Israel out of captivity under Pharaoh and to lead them to the promised land. Took him his whole life to do this and he got to the edge of the promised land, but he himself never got to go in. Now about halfway through this journey, Moses had had it. Moses was fed up. Moses was a good guy. God had called him to lead the people and Moses told God excuse after excuse after excuse why he wasn't the guy and now wasn't the time. Does that sound familiar to any of us? I I gave God a real laundry list of man first priority is not for me Lord and now is certainly not the time. But if you read the passage leading up to Exodus 34, Moses is saying, man, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not qualified. God, no, God, no, God, no. But there's a difference. Moses gave all the excuses. But like you and I, most times when we say, God, no, Moses says, but if you're calling me to do it, then I'm going to do it. So he picks up his staff and he hits the road and he leads a million plus people out of captivity. It's important for you to know that these people were total psychos. If you read the book of Judges, the Bible says that over and over and over, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Over and over and over again. They kept making the same mistakes. Moses gets up and says, follow me. They look at him and, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. So it's important to remember now with the nation of Israel that God had provided for the nation of Israel through manna from heaven and by being fire at night and a cloud during the day to guide them, but they continually turned their backs on God and on Moses. Every time Moses tried to do the right thing, they just blew him off. So Moses goes up to Mount Sinai for the first time to get the Ten Commandments and the nation of Israel snaps. They go crazy. They start whining and saying, he's not coming back. He's left us here to die. So they decided they had had enough. And so they take all of their jewelry and all of their gold and they threw it into a fire and they constructed this huge golden calf. Watch this. To worship. They constructed a huge golden calf to worship. Now listen, these were God's people. So Moses comes back down off of the mountain, listen, after an experience with God, and he sees the nation of Israel worshiping this golden calf, and guess what he does? He snaps. (laughs) He was fed up before he went. He went and got things right. He comes back down. He sees them worshiping this golden calf, and he snaps. He takes the Ten Commandments, and he smashes them to the ground. Let me give you a little nugget right here. After every mountaintop experience you have with the Lord, the enemy's going to show up. You don't believe me? Go on a mission trip. 
Be determined to go to work tomorrow and share the gospel. And I promise you, the enemy's going to show up in some way, somehow, to distract and try to steal, kill, and destroy. So here we are, halfway through this journey. All of this has happened, and Moses is fed up with it all. So what does he do? He goes back up the mountain a second time to meet with God. And here's what he says. God, listen to me. (laughs) This is what he said. God, listen to me. I've tried to do what you've asked for me to do. I've tried to do it to the best of my ability. And God, I'm sick and tired of it. Anybody ever been there? I've had people say, man, you should never talk to the Lord like that. (laughs) Can I tell you something? The Lord knows your heart better than you do. Man, I'm the guy that says, God, I hate this. I hate that you called me to this. I I hate that you're asking me to do this. Because he knows my heart anyway. And so Moses goes back up and he says, look, I put up with these stinking people and all I hear is the man is not enough. And all we have is manna every day. And God, I'm sick of hearing they're whining whining and complaining. And if God, if I'm not sure your presence is with me, I'm going to quit. Big Bible guy here. One of the things I love about the Word of God is he shows us the good and the bad of people. It's not all roses all the time when we're serving God. We're not always on the mountaintop when we're serving God. And he calls Moses to lead all these people. And it's one thing after another, one roadblock after another, one trial after another. And Moses gets to the point where here's what he says. God, if I don't know your presence is with me. I don't know if I can go on from here. I want to tell you something. Larry Franks has been right here more times than I'd like to admit. If I don't know your presence is with me, I don't know if I can go on. That's where we pick up in Exodus chapter 34. All that was free. Didn't count against my time. (laughs) Moses does four things that I want to show you this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if I were to and say, hey, how many of you are in a place today to where you're saying, God, if you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your church. Maybe you don't like your pastor. I don't know what it is, but here's what I know. If we'll take the example of Moses, listen, At the end of his rope, God, if I don't know your presence is with me, I can't go on. And Moses gives us a great example to follow in in Exodus chapter 34. I hope you'll jot these down. Let's look at them together. Here's the first thing that uh, Moses Moses does. Moses reexamines the ruler. He reexamines the ruler. He goes back up on the mountain. He says, God, I need to see you again. God, I need to know you again. Guys, listen to me. We need to know that when we've had it with relationships, when we've had it with our job, our family, our church, all of the things that are going on, the answer is not in solving the problem that you and I are dealing with. The answer is that you and I need to take a fresh look at who God is. Moses is standing up on the mountain. He says, God, you need to show me who you are. If you don't, I don't know if I can go on like this anymore. What do we need to do? We need to make God 
our focus. Listen, when you're stressed and overwhelmed, take your eyes off of the problem and put them on the Savior. Take your eyes off of the problem and put them on the one person who can work it all out. Now watch what Moses does. Look at uh, Exodus 33, verse 18. We'll jump around just a little bit here just to kind of show you. Chapter 33, verse 18. Then Moses said, watch this now, I beseech thee. In other words, I beg thee. I I beg thee. Show me thy glory. And he, God said... I myself will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Verse 20, and he said, thou can't see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. Now, for the sake of time, go to Exodus chapter 34 and verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, watch this, the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundance in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiven iniquity and transgression and sin. Here's Moses. Ready to give up. Guys, listen to me. One of the greatest temptations that you and I will ever encounter in our lives is the temptation to give up. How did we say it as kids? I don't want to play anymore. Anybody ever say that as an adult? I don't want to play anymore. But listen, in the midst of all that, God comes in and here's what he says. I don't care if you quit 10,000 times, I'm going to be faithful to you. I want you to understand this this morning. No matter where you are, our God is faithful. He knows right where you are. He knows right where you're going through. There have been numerous times in my life that I thought, God, do you even know where I am? Now he knew, Moses knew God knew where he was because he kept having to go visit with him. But how many times in your life and mine have we been to the place to where we say, God, do you even know I'm here? Do you even know I'm hurting? Do you even know I'm struggling? Guys, listen, fix your eyes on a God. Watch what it says, who is merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundance in goodness and truth. Your life will make sense when we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to re-examine the ruler in our lives And take a fresh look at who God is. Look what else Moses does. Step number two. Moses renews his relationship with God. Look at verse eight. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Watch what he said. And he said, if now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord... I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. Moses is saying, God, I don't want to go on without you. I don't want to do this if your presence is not with me. What is he doing here? He's renewing his relationship with God. It doesn't matter about your past or what you've been through. The first step back is to renew your relationship with Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? What does that look like? Here it is. 
We have to get to the place to where we tell the Lord, God, I want you to be in total control of my life. You see, what we normally do is we, may, we plan out our life and then we say, God, would you bless this? God, this is really my heart desire. Will you bless this? But listen to me. Many of us today are where we are today because we've tried to do it our own way and our own time and our own strength. And at some point, we have to get back to the place to where we say, God, I am giving you total control. Listen, instead of running away from God when you're having trials and tribulations, we got to learn to run to God. He has a plan for your life and for my life. How, how do you sit in front of a parent who's lost a child and say, hey, God's faithful? Listen, I don't understand a lot of things that God does. I don't understand why God does things the way that he does. But here's what I know. He's faithful. And he's got a plan for your life and for my life. And we can trust that plan. So Moses renews his relationship with the Father. Look at the third thing that he does. Moses reinstates the rules. Look at verse 1 of Exodus 34. I love this part right here. And the Lord said unto Moses. Now remember, remember what Moses had done. He had the Ten Commandments. He come back down off the mountain. He saw all the chaos going on. He threw a tantrum. And he took the tablets and he smashed them down, right? I mean, he said, hey, I'm done. I've had it. Can't take it anymore. But watch what happens in verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses... Hew thee two tables of stone, I love these next four words, like unto the first. Watch what God's doing here. Hey, let me take you back and remind you, bro, we did this once already. Watch what he says. And the Lord said unto Moses, hew thee two tables of stone, like unto the first. It would have been awesome had Jesus said that you broke. This is just Larry's interpretation. I think he probably felt that way. That you broke, and I will write upon these tables the words, love it, that were on the first tables, that you shattered. He's reminding him where we've been, where we've come from. Verse 2, and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me on top of the mountain. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks... Uh, nor herds feed before the mount. Watch this. And he hewed two tables of stone. What's the next four words? Like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand two tables of stone. Now watch this. God reinstates the rules. God rewrites the commandments for him. Listen to me. That's exactly what God wants to do in your life and my life. God says, let's go back and have a fresh start. You see, he takes Moses back. Watch this. He takes Moses back to the point where he was broken, to the point where Moses said, God, I really don't like your plan anymore, so I'm taking things into my own hands. That's the place that God took him back, to the place where he was broken, and God says, no, no, no. Let's go back and let's have a fresh start. Guys, listen to me. God wants to reestablish his rules in our lives as well. 
God reestablishes his rule in our lives when we go back to that point of departure. So God takes him back to that point and he makes it a new starting point. Now guys, listen to me. Hear, hear me well this morning. We can't go back and make up for bad choices. We, we can't go back and start all the way over. But listen to me. We can go back and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry for taking over control and relinquishing you of that responsibility. And God, I know I've turned my back on you. And God, I am sorry. Now, I want you to think about this. You see, God could have made Moses go back and pick up every piece of that first set of tablets and put it back together. Think think about this. He had every right to say, Moses, you're going to pick up every piece of that and you're going to put it back together. And he would have been right in doing so. But notice what he did. He took Moses back and he said, no, 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 no. Let's get two new tablets and let's start over. Why would God do that? Why did God not take this opportunity to teach Moses a lesson? Let me tell you why. Because God is gracious. How many times have we felt that God had every right to take us back and say, hey, you're going to fix this, David. You created this mess, you're going to fix it. You threw a temper tantrum, you threw down the tablets, you're going to put them all back together. But God said, no, 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 no. Man, let's just start fresh. That's behind us. Let me tell you what I see in society today, in Christians today, and in non-Christians today. Many of you are spending all of your time trying to rebuild your past and to put it back together. And the Lord Jesus Christ today is saying, no, 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 no. Man, leave that there. I'm going to give you a fresh tablet. I'm going to give you a fresh whiteboard today. And we're going to start today. Do we learn from that? Absolutely. But today, Jesus says, no, 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 no. Man, just go get you a new tablet. Like the one I already gave you. Right? He he didn't let Moses off the hook. I've said this many times, and sometimes I wonder if it's even right to say, man, forget about your past. Let me tell you something. What we could do well to learn from our past. But we can't stay there. And some of you have struggled in your Christian walk. You've struggled to become uh, become a Christian because you look at your past and you are your worst enemy. And you look at your past and you say, hey, there's no way God could love someone like me. Let me tell you something. That's a lie from the pit of hell. He died for you. He gave his life for you. And a wretch like Larry Franks. And today, here's what he's saying. Hey, let me rewrite the rules in your life. Quit trying to rebuild your past. Let's start fresh today. Quit struggling with what you've done and decide today I'm going to move forward with the Lord. That's exactly what happened 
with Moses. Here's the fourth thing that he does. Moses recommits to doing right. You ever had people in your life that just annoy you? Don't look next, don't look over. Because some of you may not make it home. But have you ever had somebody in your life that just absolutely annoys the hound out of you? Or there's a pet peeve that you have that just drives you nuts. Um, I hate to even mention this. And let me just preface it by this. I will lay hands on you in the name of Jesus and throat punch you. In the name of the Lord. But I hate to be pinched. I don't know why. It's just one of those things that like, you know, people say, hey man, don't touch my face or don't touch my nose or don't do this. Mine's pinching. It's like, you know, and this holiday that we just had, not, not good. It's not a good one for me. I actually have a t-shirt that says, you pinch, I punch. And it's got a four-leaf clover on it. And listen, it works wonders because people that know me know that dude will throw punch you. <laughs> he will not think twice about it. But here's the thing. That's exactly how Moses was looking at the nation of Israel. He's, he comes down off the mountain, sees them dancing around that golden calf, and here's what he says. Man, don't pinch me. Do not pinch me. I will, I'll snap like a postal worker on every one of y'all. But, but watch what he does. Moses looks at that golden calf and he says, man, don't, don't try me. Don't try me. He's just been with the Lord. And now he's being challenged in his walk. Look at Exodus 34 verse 10. And he said, behold, I make a covenant. What's a covenant? A promise. Now watch what he says. Behold, I make a promise. Before all thy people, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I will drive out thee, uh, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, and all the otherites. Verse 12, take heed to thyself. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whether thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. Now watch this. But you shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other god, little g, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. He's saying here, Moses, when you leave this area with me, commit to doing the right thing. Commit to doing the right thing. If you've totally checked out, listen, emotionally or spiritually for a long time, God is saying to you this morning that you need to come to the point in your life where you recommit to doing the right thing. Recommit to doing the right thing. So how do we know if we're doing that? How how do we know if we are committing to doing the right thing? Watch this. Here's a gap. Here's you, and here's Jesus. This gap is the time between where the Lord speaks to you and says, I want you to do this, and the time you respond. 
You see, sometimes God says, hey, I want you to do this. And we decide, well, (laughs) that ain't really what I want to do. So I really need to spend some time praying about it. When you already know God's calling you to do it. You already know God's challenging you. You already know God's stretching you. You already know that God has prepared you. By the way, he doesn't call what he hadn't prepared for. So he's preparing you, but God speaks, and then there's a span between the time that he speaks and the time that you and I answer. answer. How do you know? You know you are growing spiritually. Listen, not by how you feel, but by how short this gap becomes. God speaks, you answer. God speaks, you answer. God speaks, you answer. Listen, you will know you're growing spiritually... When God speaks and you answer. When God called Moses, here's what he said. Moses, I want you to do it right now. Not six months, not three months. Listen, this morning in this place, God's been calling many of you to step forward and serve in ministry, serve in some capacity, whatever it is that he's calling you to, and the gap is here. I know God's calling, but I haven't answered. But I can't figure out why there's no peace in my life. And this morning, God is saying, hey, when Terrence needs a teacher, you answer. When David needs a singer, you answer. Well, I just don't know what God's called me to. Can I tell you this? Because I'm not the pastor and I won't be here next Sunday. (laughs) I assure you of this, God's called you to something. And it's not to ride that pew. Listen to me. How big's your gap? God calls, I answer. Listen, God may just call you to be an encourager, an encourager. I'm not saying everybody's got to sing in the choir. I'm not saying everybody's got to preach. I'm not saying everybody's got to teach. Everybody's got to usher. Everybody's got to greet. But listen, everybody's got to do something because God's called you and equipped you to do that. And Moses said, hey, I'm not the guy. Terrence, I'm not the teacher. I'm not the person. But if God's calling me, I'm going to step up. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it means. But I'm tired of running from the call of God. Well, I'd love to teach teenagers, Terrence. But man, if you knew my past, I'm I'm probably not the best person to share my story with teenagers. Let me tell you something. I know nobody better. Because they're in the mud. Man, they're in the thick of the battle. I, I teach a parenting class that's eight weeks long, and I just finished one. And and I tell the parents in this class. One of the hardest things about parenting is we're all scared they'll grow up to, to act just like we did. And that's the truth. God, please help them to not be me as a teenager. But you know what they need? They need some people that are transparent that says, boys, I missed it. And I'm going to help you not miss it. And it's not just students. Listen, it's children. Ben is tied up and duct taped right now upstairs. (laughs) And none of us know that. 
but listen to me. You're sitting in here thinking, man, it's all, well, maybe you're not thinking this. It's awesome to be in here today and just worship and, and open the word of God together. But you know what? There's people upstairs paying a price that you don't hear somebody screaming in here this morning. Maybe God's calling you to go serve with them. <laughs> Jessica and I serve with them on Sunday nights. Listen, they're awesome. Duct tape goes a long way. <laughs> but I could say, you know what? I just have too much going on to serve God. You know what God says, man? Take your gifts and talents and just use them to further the kingdom. Quit trying to rebuild your past. So here's my question. I'm going to close. What's God calling you to today? You see, God, I believe, in this place today is calling some of you to repentance. You've tried to do it your own way. And you're at the end of your rope. Man, God, I can't go on anymore. Let me tell you why. You'll never be able to do it by yourself. You just won't. God created us not just for, for community with each other, but man, he created us for communion with him. Quit trying to do it your own way, in your own strength, in your own power, and just surrender to the call of Jesus Christ. If you're here today, and there's never been a time that you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart and life to come in and to save you and to forgive you of your sins, listen, and to give you a fresh set of tablets. Today is your day. But I would be remiss if I didn't say, some of you, there was a time that you asked Jesus Christ into your heart and your life, and man, you've turned your back on God. You're backslidden on God. You're further away from God today than you've ever been before. Listen, I didn't say you're not saved. But today, God's calling you, hey, let's go back to that point of brokenness. And let's just have a fresh start. God calls, you answer. What does your gap look like? God calls, you answer. God calls, you answer. I promise you this. He's calling every one of us today to something. Will you answer his call? Four things Moses did. He reexamined the ruler. Let me remind you again today. God is faithful. Quit focusing on your problems and your trials and your tribulation. And let's focus on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then we must renew our relationship with them. Again, how close to the Father are you today? Here's what I know. You're as close as you want to be. You're as close to the Lord as you want to be. You ever looked at somebody's life and thought, man, I wish I loved God like that guy or that girl? You can. It's your choice. Moses let him reinstate his rules in his life. Listen. God's control and God's will over your control and your will. Nobody in this room today knows where you are on that spectrum except you. But let me tell you this. God desires to lead your life. God desires for you to submit to him today. 
And when you leave this place, we got to commit to doing right. We got to commit to doing right. Bow your heads with me if you would. I want to ask you just a couple of questions. Nobody looking around, only those that are coming to the stage moving, if you would. Nobody leaving, we'll be done in just a second. Let me ask you this question. I wonder how many are in this place today. And by the way, I will not come to you. Justin will not come to you. We will not embarrass you in any way. But I want to ask you a point blank question today. How many of you in this room today would say, Larry, I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I want to know, pray for me. If that's you, I want to ask if you would, just to raise your hand, put it right up, right back down again. I'm not going to come to you, not going to bear you. I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I want to know, pray for me. Hold it up real high so I can see it. Anybody, anywhere, bless you, bless you. Anybody else, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. I don't know if I died today, Larry, I'd go to heaven, but I want to know, please pray for me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask this question. I wonder how many of you would say, Larry, there was a time that I asked Jesus into my heart and life, but man, I have made a mess of my testimony. And today, man, I need to get back on track. I need a fresh start. I need a new set of tablets in my life. And I'm going to allow God to rewrite his rules in my life. I wonder how many would admit today, yeah, man, I'm backslidden on God and I, I need to come back to him today. Pray for me. Anybody? Hold it up. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. All over this room. I wonder how many burdens that we've given to the Lord that we've picked back up and tried to carry ourselves. God, I'm giving it to you only to bring it to this altar and pick it back up and take it right back with us. I wonder what God's calling us to bring to this altar this morning and to lay down at his feet and say, God, I trust you. I'm giving this burden to you and I'm not picking it up again. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed again. I just want to ask one question. If you raised your hand today and either said, I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I want to know, pray for me. I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to come and take Justin by the hand, Lance by the hand, Terrence by the hand. I'll be down here. Listen, there's others that would love to take the word of God and show you how you can be saved today. Do not leave this place today not knowing, knowing that you'll spend eternity in heaven. All over this room this morning, people raised their hands saying, man, I'm backslidden on God. Come to this altar today and get things right with the Lord. If you need somebody to pray with, I would love the opportunity to pray with you. But you know what to do. You know how to do. Let's be a body of believers here at Westmead Baptist Church that says, man, we want to make a difference for the kingdom. And to do that, our lives have to be right. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know every need in this building. Some need to come and accept you as Lord and Savior. Some need to come and get on their face before you and simply say, God, I'm sorry. 
And I need a fresh start with you today. Some need to come and bring some major burdens that they've been carrying. Maybe that nobody else even knows about. May this altar be full this morning of people making decisions for you. And as we surrender ourselves afresh and anew to you, God, may you do a work in this place that we leave this place today saying, whew, I had never seen God do it that way before. Lord, meet with us right now, I pray. As our pastors are down front, you come.